are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on July 5th of 2022. Got a uh, episode we're going to talk about the second phase of the All-Star voting. Uh, we're going to look at some of our pitchers that we think should make the All-Star game. Uh, we're going to build our perfect home run derby field for the 2022 home run derby that comes up in a couple weeks. Uh, and then we'll go to players of the week. But before we get to all of that, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing uh, doing good. Um, I uh, hope everyone had a good 4th of July and good holiday weekend. And, uh, man, it's just been hot and stormy here. So uh, been uh, had a had a pretty good week and spent the, spent the afternoon at the lake yesterday and uh, a lot of fun. So, uh Hope everyone out there's had a safe and happy weekend. Yeah, I hope everyone had a safe weekend. I know there's some stuff going on. Um, you know, the, unfortunately, people weren't so safe this weekend. But um, you know, hopefully, everyone that listens here did have a safe, fun weekend and was able to celebrate. But we'll go ahead and jump right into going over the second phase of the All Star voting. Uh, so it's new this year. They've got down now to the finalists. At each position, now you get to vote out of those two um, for each of those, and then the outfield for three. But uh, the top vote getters from the AL were Aaron Judge, and the NL was Ronald Acuna Jr. So they automatically have a starting spot in um, the All Star game. Uh, so we'll basically only be able to see, pick two more outfielders um, for each league there. But looking at the American League first baseman, you got Ty France and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, and then looking at the NL, you got Pete Alonso and Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, so uh, definitely, uh, definitely good stuff at first base. Obviously, Ty France is hurt, so that kind of stinks. Um, so if, if he wins, he won't be playing most likely. I know he's, I think he's supposed to come back pretty soon, but either way. Uh, and then uh, the NL, I think Paul Paul Goldschmidt is kind of front runner for, I guess, front runner for MVP right now. So uh, you know, he's been so good. He he obviously will be the starter if. If the uh, if the fans don't screw it up, which they probably will, so yeah, there's gonna, there's some uh, questionable voting voting choices throughout this so far, but I feel like they really did get the you know at least the NL first baseman right. The AL first baseman seems like you know Vlad is is not that bad of a choice, especially even though the the average looks down. The year is still pretty solid, um, you know, and, and France has been best first baseman in the AL you know, barring the injury. So I think they definitely got the, the first base side, right. Um, you know, in voting so far, but, uh, we'll go ahead and look over at the second base and we have Jose Altuve and Santiago Espinal in the American league. And then looking over the national league, you got Ozzy Albies and jazz Chisholm. Yeah. So, uh, in the American league, um, Jose Altuve should easily win this. Santiago Espinal has been a, a pretty fun player this year. Uh, great defender and a, and a pretty good, decent hitter. Uh, so that good, good for, you know, I mean, I, obviously he wouldn't be the choice I'd put as my second, second choice for second baseman, but it, it looks like Blue Jays fans have been voting. So, um, Jose Altuve though, is easily the best in the American league second baseman and the best second baseman in the majors. And it's really not that close. Uh, and then in the, in the national league, um, I, you know, Braves fans have been voting too. So that's why Ozzy Albies is there. Cause he's hurt. He's been hurt for a long time. And before he was hurt, he was, He's just okay this year. He, he had a slow start. So, uh, and uh, Jazz Chisholm, of course, is also on the IL. 
So I don't know what would happen at second base, but Jazz Chisholm, um, you know, would probably be the choice here. Um, I, you know, I think uh, Tommy Edmond probably would have, if they had given him second base, would would have been the easy choice at second base. But but uh, MLB decided not to put the players in their positions on here, so I don't know why they did that. But there you oh, go. It seemed to manipulate the ballot so they can get some other guys on here. Because yeah. um, I think they ended up having like Nolan Gorman at second or something. But yeah, you know. Oh, Altuve should easily win in the American League. You mentioned um, in the National League. I guess it would be Jazz should win it. Um, you know, maybe he'll be back by then. I don't know, and if if they'll let let him play, but yeah, I don't know what they would do as far as if they're both out for the game. You know, does one of the reserves automatically just become the starter, or, or is it up to Brian Snicker at that moment? So it'll be interesting to see if if that is the case, but hopefully it's not. But we'll go ahead and look over at third base where this one might be the toughest call um, in any of them so far. And that is with Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez in the American League and then Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado in the National League. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I look at um, when I look at, you know, the the all star game, I think that your most your, your first thing you look at is the stats so far on the season, your counting stats, because, you know, obviously you're looking at results instead of, you know, predictive. But when guys are pretty much tied, I do like to look at some of the predictive stuff to see who's actually been playing better and who's is more sustainable and whatever, just as a tiebreaker. And I think in the American League, Jose Ramirez's season so far, although Rafael Devers is great, and he's gonna and his he's gonna sustain having a fantastic season because he's a great player. But Jose Ramirez is is a little bit more sustainable, and I, I think although Rafael Devers has made it huge improvements defensively and and it's, and base running wise, Jose Ramirez is a little bit better on both aspects there. So I, I would go with Jose Ramirez, and then at third base in the National League, I mean. Those guys are real similar, but I think you got to go with Manny Machado. He's been a little bit better at the plate, and he's a little bit better in the field. Although, obviously, Arnado is a fantastic defensive player. But so far this year, uh, go with Manny Machado there. Yeah, and see, I think on the American League, I actually lean Rafi Devers over Jose Ramirez. Um, I just think he's had the better season overall. I mean, Ramirez has more RBIs, but his OPS is slightly lower, lower average. Rafi has more homers, um, you know, and, and Rafi has made a big step in the defensive side. So I really, I, I lean Rafi Devers a little, little bit there, but it is really, really close. Yeah. Um, the, on the National League side, you know, the first month of the season, people would say Nolan Arenado, and then it's been Manny Machado ever since. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because Machado has been nursing um, an injury, I believe it's to his knee or ankle. Um, they've been limited to DHing some, maybe not even playing the field, um, or not playing the field, not playing at all, and being a pinch hitter. I think we saw that two games out of that four game Dodger series they had um, this weekend. So it will be interesting to see if he's going to be able to play or not. And Arenado's come on strong as of late. I mean, he hit for the cycle this week, um, and then he was one that started the uh, the rally for the four consecutive homers that the Cardinals had this time was the first time in. Uh, Cardinals history and the 11th time in major league history that ever happened. So, you know, I, I think overall, as of right now, Machado is, is still the guy, but Arenado has been making a, a late push. And if Machado's not able to go, then you have yeah. an easy, easy candidate. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, you know, you look at uh, those two guys and, uh, you know, Machado, he, I think he's been a little bit better, but, you know, playing seven fewer games. I mean, 
our others almost caught up to him in war. So, uh, you know, it's close. And, uh, you know, Arenado also um, a little bit more sustainable with what he's done so far. But, but I think Machado's far enough ahead of him to for it to be not a tie, tie situation. I think it's just a slight lead for Machado right now for me. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Absolutely. It's going uh, to be really close. Uh, looking over at the shortstop side, we got Tim Anderson and Bo Bichette in the American League. And then we got Dansby Swanson and Trey Turner in the National League. Yeah, so um, I think in the American League, uh, you know, you look at uh, at Tim Anderson and and uh, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette really shouldn't be there. Um, you know, he hadn't been really all that good. I don't know why Xander Bogarts getting votes because, I mean, he plays for the Red Sox. I'm surprised their fans haven't been voting him in, and he's been the best shortstop in the American League by a, a pretty decent margin. So um, I don't really understand that. I mean, Tim Anderson's great. Um you know, actually, I, I think Tim Anderson's been pretty close to to, Zan, to, uh, to Xander, but I mean, you know, defensively, Xander's been a little bit better, actually, and uh, you know, Xander's also been able to stay on the field a little bit better. Uh, Tim Anderson's only played 52 games, so if I had to pick between them, you know, the two that we got, obviously Tim Anderson, but but I think Xander Bogarts is probably the guy I would have picked. But I mean, Tim Anderson's been way better. Bobuchet's really struggled this year for the most part, so. Yeah, and the you know Tim Anderson's the easy choice out of those two, um, you know, and it, it's just kind of baffling that he's even in here over Xander too. I mean, the counting stats aren't nearly as similar. I mean, he has a higher average, but you know, five home runs, nineteen RBIs, and an eight hundred OPS isn't what you would think of your starting American League shortstop, you know, uh, for the All Star game. So, out of the two, Tim Anderson's the vote, but. I do question both of these finalists yeah. really being there. Yeah, um, Tim Anderson is probably worthy of being the final. Uh, Jeremy Pena is probably probably the guy I would have picked over. I would have picked Xander Bogarts and Jeremy Pena well, as my yeah. top two. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but Tim Anderson's a lot closer than than Bo Bichette. I mean, Tim Anderson's close to. He's really he's really not that far off of Xander, but it's just the fact that he's missed 25 games already that that's been the issue for Tim. I mean, on a rate basis, he's been better than anybody so well, and that's why the counting stats are a lot lower right right uh, right so alludes to my point but, from that but yeah, yeah. Uh, and then looking over at the national league side it's a battle of our teams we got dansby swanson and trey turner and i think either of us are going to side with with our teams there because i think trey and i'm pretty sure you probably think dansby yeah i mean dansby swanson they're, they're basically the same hitter so far uh, in fact um, their opa own base percentages are separated by um by two uh points on own base and their slugging percentage is separated by like 15 with dansby ahead in both but uh you know obviously dansby swanson you know and they're and they're both base running extremely well i mean trey turner always great base runner dansby swanson you know 12 stolen bases their base running metrics are actually led by dansby swanson but the, but the big difference for me because those kind of metrics pretty pretty close maybe maybe even tied for me big difference is dansby swanson is one of the best defensive shortstops in the nl and trey turner is an okay defensive shortstop so um i think that dansby's pretty easily i mean he's got a 0.8 war advantage right now almost a full win above replacement advantage and i think dansby's definitely the guy for me yeah i mean it is really close you mentioned um it it's not you can't go wrong with either pick there. No, um, they're both good, great players, and they'll both yeah. be on the team. I mean, exactly. They, I think, all of these people will be on the team. If I'm not mistaken, um, I could be wrong, but um, 
yeah, I mean, I guess just watching Trey every day, the impact on the game he brings, but you could say the same thing about Dansby. Um, maybe the thing is that that leans for me is Dansby was really bad for like the first month, month and a half of the season. And then he's been really hot as of late. And Trey's been basically the most consistent of the two. But even for the numbers being where they are and Dansby leading slightly in that, I mean, he had to have such a hot stretch after being so bad. So you can't go wrong with either one. Um, Dansby would absolutely be a great choice here as well. And Braves fans have been really voting. um, So I wouldn't be surprised to even see him take it. But uh, looking over at the catcher position in the American League, we have Alejandro Kirk and Jose Trevino. And then in the National League, we have Wilson Contreras and Travis Darnot. Yeah, so um, these are actually the top four players in war. Uh, So um, the voters actually kind of got it right here. And in the American League, I mean, Alejandro Kirk has a 160 WRC plus on the season. Uh, in 71 games, he does DH a pretty good bit, but uh, you know, primarily as catcher, his plate discipline numbers are incre- are insane. Uh, 12% walk, 9% strikeout. He he hits for some power. 505 slugging percentage. He's been incredible. And uh, Jose Trevino's Trevino is a great story, but and he's been great this year. He's been one of the best defensive catchers in the big leagues, and, and his bat's caught up a little bit. He, his bat's been pretty decent. Um, you know, actually above average for big league average and, and way above average for catchers. But uh, I got to go with Kirk. And then in the, Ameri- in the National League, I think uh, I think you got to go with Wilson Contreras right now. Uh, he's been incredible at the plate. His defense is really, really bad. Um, maybe not Salvador Perez bad, but it's bad. But, uh, you know, I think that the advantage of him playing every day is, is a big deal because Travis Darnold's only played 55 games because the Braves rest him a lot. He's a veteran catcher. He's up in his in his 30s, so that they don't they don't they rest him a pretty good bit. Although on a rate basis, Travis Darnold's been better. But I, I would go with Kirk and, and Contreras right now if, if I was picking. Yeah, watching I watch a lot of the Blue Jay games um, just because they're a fun team to watch. And every time I'm watching a game, Alejandro Kirk just seems to find some way to impact the game each and every time. Um, it's been really remarkable watching, you know, the turnaround he's had to become an actual major league level player this year. Um, so he's the easy choice for the American League. You know, Trevino's a good story, like you mentioned, but I just I don't think that he's anywhere near the level of what Kirk has put up so far this year. Um, I know he's been great defensively, but I think that Kirk's offensive numbers and still being solid behind the plate kind of makes me want to lean towards him a lot. Uh, and then the National League, I think Wilson Contreras is just the easy pick. Um, you know, overall, he's been a better catcher. I mean, he, defensively, he's worse, but I think offensively, the impact he brings there. Um, you know, and Darno has rested a lot. You mentioned that's why the counting stats are a little lower, but even an OPS is 100 points higher for Wilson Contreras right now. Um, you know, so I think that kind of just says everything you need to know. Like, he's been a much better offensive catcher than Travis Darno, So it, it, you know, the, the four catchers right here are, uh, are pretty much the four that should be there. I mean, the AL, you might be able to find a couple other guys. Maybe if a Jonah Heim had more time there, he'd, he'd get it. The NL, you could have real Muto or Will Smith, but overall, those are the four good choices. I think Kirk and Contreras are the easy two picks there. But looking over to the outfield, uh, you get to pick two from these. So in the American League, you got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton, 
and Mike Trout. And then in the National League, you have Mookie Betts, Adam Duvall, Starling Marte, and Jock Peterson. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, when I look at this right now, uh, and, and just to add on, on that, um, in the, uh, the reason we're picking two is in the outfield, the top vote-getter from each league is already locked in. So Judge is, one, is obviously an outfielder, and he's in already, and Acuna is already in, you know, he's an outfielder. So, but uh, in the in the American League, out of the choices here, uh, I mean, Mike Trout is easily one of the choices. Um, although he's really struggled a little bit lately, but he's 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 a choice for sure. I mean, he's been on the season; he's been great. Uh, the other three, I mean, uh, out of those guys, it, it's hard to pick honestly because I mean, I don't know, I don't know what some of these guys did to. You know, I don't know what Julio Rodriguez did for people to not vote for him. I don't know what Kyle Tucker did for people not to vote for him. I mean, even Taylor Ward, I think you could make a definite argument should be there. Uh, Buxton, I don't know why he's not. But I, out of all those guys, I mean, I think Springer or – I mean, I, a drink, Giancarlo Stanton's not an outfielder, really. He plays outfield some, but he's mainly a DH. So I, I guess Springer um, has been good, and I'd probably go with him, but – I mean, you know, if you're just going for the bat, Stanton's bat's been really good this year. Um, so uh, Stanton's actually cut his strikeout rate down some, and he's hitting for a lot of power. So I, I guess, I guess I'd go with Stanton just because. I mean, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Lourdes Gurriel is really that close. So um, I, I guess I go with Trout and Stanton. Yeah, Trout's an easy pick. Um... Just, I mean, he's been so insane. Even struggling as of late, he still has a 991 OPS on the season. Yeah, uh, it's just insane. Um, you know, I lean Springer more than Stanton. Um, I just think Springer's probably been more solid overall, and that Stanton, you mentioned, he's not an outfielder; he's more of a DH. Uh, but they manipulated the ballot again to get them in other places. Uh, you know, to get some people in other places. So Eileen Springer there, I mean, it, it is close, but I think just the fact that Springer is actually an outfielder full-time is what leads me to go, we'll go Springer over Stanton in this scenario. Although I do think Stanton should probably be there in some capacity. Um, you know, at least this one's going to be a, probably a bench bat, but yeah. I think he should be there. Um, and then looking in the uh, National League side, the – you know, out of the four, you got Mookie Betts, Adam Duvall, Starling Marte, and Jock Peterson. Yeah, and I mean, same thing here, kind of. You know, I don't understand some of these guys. I think Mookie Betts, if he's healthy, I mean, he would be the guy, one of the guys I'd vote for because, you know, but I don't know if he'll play because of his injury he's dealt with. I know he came back, but, um, you know, he might want that little extra rest since, it's, uh, since he just came off the IL, but... Um, I mean, Adam Duvall is just on here because Braves fans are voting well. Um, I mean, he ain't really hadn't been good at all this year. And then Starling Marte has been decent, but he's kind of been more of a uh, – he's just been decent. So, I mean, I would go with – out of these guys, I mean, uh, Jock Peterson's a, a, an atrocious defensive player, but I would go with Jock Peterson. He's been really good at the plate. Um, he's hit 17 home runs, has a 155 WRC+. Plus. I would go with Jock Peterson for sure. And then, obviously, I, I would vote for Mookie Betts out of these guys, even though I, I don't know if he's actually going to play or not. So, Yeah, I think Mookie is obviously the easy choice. He was the, the leading vote-getter for a lot of the time in the National League overall. Um, and Acuna took that 
think it was like the last day or two he took it. Um, I think he ended up winning by like 20,000 votes or something. But I, I only reason I think, I mean, Mookie did come back, but I also think because it's in Los Angeles, he might play at least an inning start the game. Um, and then, you know, strictly for storyline reasons, Jock Peterson starting the all-star game in Los Angeles in a Giants uniform would be hilarious, um, to say the least. But, you know, Marte's had a really good season. For yeah. a Starling Marte-type season, I mean, he doesn't have the, the power numbers that the other guys have. But, I mean, look, he has a two eighty five average, nine homers, 39 RBIs, and a, almost an 800 OPS. Like, that's a really good season for a Starling Marte-type player. Um, you know, if you're talking strict compared to, to Peterson, you know, probably better defense. He has just about as many RBIs, one less. He has a better average and sure the power numbers aren't there, but that's not what you expect from Starling Marte. Um, so, you know, he's absolutely deserving to be on this. I just purposely for storyline reasons, I think Jock Peterson starting the all-star game in LA in a Giants uniform just takes the cake a little bit more, um, for me over Marte. Yeah, really the only difference, I mean, between the two has been – Starling Marte's also been horrible defensively. The only difference is Starling Marte's a good base runner, and Jock Peterson's a bad base runner. So um, they're, they're real similar players so far. And Jock Peterson's been much better at the plate, but um, that's why he gets the edge for me. But uh, I think Starling, Starling's been really good. So especially, you know, he, he impacts the game in a few different ways that, that, that Jock Peterson doesn't. But – Absolutely, and then we'll move on to our designated hitters, um, which will end up the ballot. In the AL, you have Jordan Alvarez and Shohei Otani, and then the NL, you have William Contreras and Bryce Harper. Yeah, so um, you you know you look in the in the AL, and I think that um, obviously Shohei Otani should be on the team, uh, but I think as a pitcher, um, you know, as a hitter, I think Jordan Alvarez has been maybe. I mean. I think he's been the best hit. I think he's been the best hitter in baseball so far. Just on a, I mean, he he's been incredible. Two hundred one WRC plus, three ten, four ten, six fifty three slugging. He also has dealt with an injury this week. I don't know if he's back yet. Um, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he. It, it looked like he, I was watching the game. He, he collided with uh, Jeremy Pena, and I think it was just a, you know maybe a concussion. He was playing outfield in that in that specific game. But uh, he's been incredible. I, I don't think you can vote against him. I know that you know Shohei is a lot of fun to watch, and he's a great player. But I think Shohei gets in as a as a uh, Shohei gets in as a pitcher. I think. Um, and then you look at the uh, you look at the uh, National League, and I mean Bryce Harper's on the you know going to get a lot of votes, but he's injured. I mean he would have been the guy for me in the National League if he wasn't injured. Uh, but uh, I mean. And there's some other guys who probably could be the pick. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think William Contreras has been fantastic this year. But I think you kind of have to go with Bryce Harper if you're voting just because he's been incredible. Even though William Contreras has been fantastic. And, um, you know, you could vote for either one. And honestly, I mean, that's more ballot manipulation too because William Contreras is catching almost as much as Travis Darnold is. So, you know, William Contreras you could have as a catcher. But almost. I mean, he, he DHs a little bit more, but. Um, but it, it would be cool. I will say this, if William Contreras wins it, which he might because of Harper's injury, it would be really cool to watch William Contreras and Wilson Contreras both start the All-Star game. Uh, so that, that would be really fun to see. But anyways. 
Yeah, that would be really fun to see. Um, and you mentioned I, Bryce Harper. I mean, even though he's injured, he would be the pick um, pick there. But if, if, you know, I think if you're down to a finalist and you know a guy like Harper's going to miss, I think you just have to go with Contreras there. And I wouldn't be surprised even if Harper does get the thing that Contreras gets the spot anyways. Because um, I'm not quite sure how they work with the, if they're going to be on the team or not if you're a finalist. Um or, or how that all works, but I still wouldn't be surprised to see William Petraeus there in one capacity or another. Yeah, I mean, um, and, and if you look at if you look at you know statistic statistically, I mean, he's been the second best um, in the National League. He's been the second best um, you know bat that's on the DH eligibility. So, I mean, I, I think he would be the guy, anyways. Yeah, but they could also manipulate it and have another guy come in and be the DH. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. Um, and then looking over at the American League, you know Shohei should be there. You mentioned as a pitcher um, in there, even if he was on the bench as a, as a you know hitter. Technically, I mean, you make him as a pitcher, he could still hit. But uh, your Don has been absolutely incredible. Um, you mentioned that he could be the best hitter in baseball. I, I think that's a you know very valid statement. He could be. I mean, he's definitely inside the top five overall hitter in baseball. Um, you know, and you can make an argument that this year. Maybe Goldschmidt, but it's close. Um, I mean, Trout's still shown the ability, uh, but the average yeah. is down. Trout's but striking out like over 30%. I, the strikeouts don't even matter to me anymore. Um, just you know, Mike Trout's the level of player. He's like, good. I, I still think. Yeah, I mean, he's still great. But. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the the uh, All Star Game Phase Two voting that will kick off today, the fifth through July eighth. Um, for the starters, and then I believe we looked it up, and that the team will be announced. The full team will be announced. Did you say the tenth? July tenth uh, was that? I uh, believe it's, it's Sunday. Uh, this yeah, Sunday. so July tenth um, at five thirty Eastern time. Uh, so it lines up kind of with like Sunday night baseball is when the full team will be announced at that point. Um, but we wanted to look at some pitchers uh, because pitchers aren't really a thing that get voted on. Um, it's usually just through you know, executives and, and players of the league. But we each picked five starters and three relievers from each league. So if you want to go ahead and say your American League starters. Yeah, so in the American League, I went with, um, you know, I, I think I, I think it's a pretty good group here. Um, I've got uh, starting starting the game. I guess I'll – I don't know. I didn't say to – when we were talking about it, I didn't say to do who we picked starting the game. But I'll go ahead and say it. Starting the game, I'd go with Shane McClanahan. Um I think he's been the best pitcher in the American League so far. Uh, dude's been out of control good. Um, and uh, just at, at his age, lefty throwing 100 and, and controlling it as well as he has. I mean, his peripherals back up what he's done, and he's got a 174 ERA on the season. He, he's been incredible. Uh, my other guys, uh, Martin Perez, I, I went with him. He's been great. The Rangers need a representative, um, and I don't know if they'll get any hitters in the game. So, um, Martin Perez, 234 ERA on the season. Uh, Justin Verlander, I think, uh, 203 ERA, 90, in 97 innings so far. Um, you know, the bounce back year, he's a great story. And anytime Justin Verlander's having this kind of season, you just kind of have to put him in there because he's just, you know, he's a, he's a legend of the game. He's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, and he's been great this year. Um, Kevin Gossman, uh, actually about war, he still leads the American League in pitching war. Um, you know, 168 FIP. He doesn't give. He hasn't given up many home runs this year. 
very given a very high amount of uh, own balls in play. 372 Babbitt against him. It's insanely high, but um, he actually might. I, I don't know if he'll be healthy for it, but uh, you know, if I was picking right now, I'd go with him. 286 CRA on the season, way higher than his than his peripherals, but um, you know, still that's a great number and 90 ish innings so far. Uh, and another one, I, another uh, starter I went with was Frankie Montas because I, I don't know if he'll be healthy either. But because um, of what he, he was pulled out of the game early the other day with uh, his velocity was way down. They said there, he, he was having some shoulder issues. But, uh, you know, the, the A's need somebody in the game. And uh, Frankie Montas has been really, really good. So I think there's some guys that might be a little more deserving, but but he'll get in because of, you know, if, if he's healthy because of needing a representative. So uh, those five guys and then, and then on the relievers, um, I mean, Clay Holmes, you have to put him in there. He's got an 049 ERA. He stepped into the closer role for the Yankees with 15 saves. He's been really good. Um, Emmanuel Classe, I think you got to have him in there. Um, he's been extremely good for, for, for Cleveland, who's, who's had a good year so far. Um, you know, he's got a, uh, you know, a 131 ERA, um, 34 innings, uh, really good. And then um, another guy I went with, because they need a representative is Jorge Lopez from the uh, from the um, from the Orioles. Um, Jorge Lopez is having a really good year, um, so he's not quite as good as a couple of these guys. But um, you know, he's a guy. You, you know, you got to have somebody. He's got a 188 ERA on the season. His peripherals aren't quite as good, but he gets a lot of ground balls, and, and he's having a, a really solid season. So I went with him too. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. Um, we just a little bit different for my, my starters and only one different reliever for me. I did pick Gossman and McClanahan Verlander. Um, McClanahan should be the guy to start the game. Uh, the last two I went with for starting pitchers were Nestor Cortez jr. I just think the, the start to the season he had and the overall numbers, even though the, the FIP is still a little higher than, I mean, a 244 ERA, but a 336 FIP, you know, 85 innings still, I mean, for a guy who nobody expected to be, you know, I think that people were questioning him even in the rotation and him to have this type of season. I think he has to be in there. And then Alec Manoa, uh, I feel like a guy who's really taken a next step um, to be, you know, one of the upper echelon pitchers so far this year. He has a 233 ERA. The fifth is 332 as well, but 100 innings. I mean, he's pitched more than McClanahan, more than Gossman, um, you know, more, I think Framber Valdez has an inning and Robbie Ray has three more innings than him. But, you know, for I think he's third in the American League in innings pitch so far. Um, and a guy who we've seen take a dramatic step forward. So I think Alec Manoa should be in the game. Um, and then my bullpen arms, you mentioned Clay Holmes. You mentioned Emmanuel Classe. Um, and then for my last reliever, I went with Dennis Santana from the Texas Rangers. Um, you know, you mentioned the Rangers need a – a representative. I went with Santana. He's pitched a lot of high, high leverage situations for them. He was a guy who had really struggled in his career to find a, to find a home. Um, you know, the Dodgers who are known for being able to get pitchers to the top level, um, really struggled to find a home for Santana dropped him and he's taken off with the Rangers this year, One forty four ERA, a two thirty one FIP, um, you know, 31 innings for them this year and some high leverage innings uh, for them. So I, I believe that, you know, 
Dennis Santana would be an easy choice for the Rangers with Martin Perez, but I uh, I decided to get Manoa and Nestor on my starting rotation and go with Santana as a bullpen arm. Yeah, I I, I thought about um, you know I thought about Manoa over Gossman, but you know I'm just I'm a little bit more of a sabermetric type guy, so I went with the guy with the better peripheral numbers because I think they're pretty similar, honestly, when it comes to the resume overall. Um, and then with, um, you know, Santana could definitely be the guy. Uh, he's, he's been really good. I mean, it's hard to pick relievers, honestly, because there's a lot of really good ones that are really close together. So, And there's more than three on the team, so I, I bet both of those guys get on the team. So, Yeah, um, and then so who do you have for your National League pitching? So uh, in the NL, I have, um, you know, starting the game, I think right now, Alcantara, uh, especially after what he did tonight, uh, pitching eight shutout innings again. But he's he's pitching at a ridiculous pace innings-wise for this day and age. Um, You know, honestly, I'd like to see him strike out a few more guys just in general, like to keep up the pace he's at. Uh, He's under eight strikeouts per nine. And tonight he struck out a lot of guys, but it's the Angels, so everyone's striking out the Angels. But, um, you know, I I think – but I think, you know, he's been so efficient uh, with his pitches. He's throwing a ton of innings. He's been great. Um, You know, I think he will be the guy to start the game. Sub-2 ERA and with the amount of innings he's pitched, you can't go wrong wrong with that. Uh, Other than him, um, I've got Max Freed. I think Max Freed has been – is the best he's looked in his in his career so far. He's been fantastic. Um, he is second in the league in WAR. Uh, he's got his peripherals are, are you know extremely good. He's been great. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Uh, he had a rough maybe first week or two of the season, and then ever since then he's been incredible. Two sixty six ERA, which is actually the same ERA that Max Fried has. Um, he's, uh, he, he has only pitched 88 innings. He missed one start early in the season, but, uh, he's been really, really good. Um, and then I've got Joe Musgrove. He's been great. Um, you know, a 225 ERA, 92 innings. Uh, his peripherals, maybe not quite as good as those other guys, but they're still really good. Um, he, he's been great. And then I went with Corbin Burns. There's a lot of other candidates here that you, I could have picked. I, I was kind of down between him and Carlos Rodon, but, you know, Corbin Burns, I think he deserves it just because, you know, he's the defending Cy Young winner, and he's had a great season so far, a 236 ERA. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to go wrong with that, even though I think Rodon's probably been a little bit better, um, you know, with when you look at all the metrics and stuff. But, but Corbin Burns, one of the big knocks on Corbin Burns last year, too, was the lack of innings pitched, and he's up to 99 already this year. He's, he's doing – you know, he's on pace for being close to 200 by the end of the season, which he's never done before. So, uh, I, I definitely like what he's done so far as well. And then re- reliever wise, Hater. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't say Hater. Um, and then uh, he's been the best. Uh, and then I got Edwin Diaz. He's been great for the Mets. Um, you know, he, he's he's you know he he's had one 1.16 xFIP. I know his ERA is 195, but his XFIP is 1.16. It's just insane. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen one that low. And then um, for a season. And then Helsley, I think I, I picked him too. He's been really, really, really good for the for the Cardinals. Um, and he's actually leads the uh, NL in reliever war. So uh, an 083 ERA for him. Been incredible. 
uh, almost picked Taylor Rogers too. He's been really good, but um, you know, he's more of a saves, whereas I'm not worried about saves as much. So, yeah. So for my relievers, I picked the same three: Helsley, Diaz, Hayter. I think they've been the the top three easy choices um, so far this year. The All Star Game starters, or the the guy who should start the All Star Game, um, not who I want to start the All Star Game, but it should be Sandy. Um, the season he's had so far this year, just incredible. Um, best pitcher in the game right now. Max Freed, he's in there. Um, another great season. The best we've seen him. He's you know taking that next step forward as well. Joe Musgrove, talk about a guy who's taking the next step. He showed it last year, and he's backing it up even more this year. Um, you know, really deserves to be there as well. Um, I'm going to get a lot of flack probably for it, but I went with Tony Gonsolin should be there as well. Um, you know, the, the innings, I mean, he's at 81 innings, uh, but he's only missed one start. Really. They were just taking it easy on him um, early in the year, only having him pitch three or four innings as a start, but he's got a 154 ERA. Um, the FIP does is at a 3.3, but he's been the most consistent starter this year on a team that is the best team in the national league at the moment. Um, he's 10 and 0. I mean, I know pitcher wins don't count. Pitcher win and losses aren't a big thing anymore, but still to be 10 and 0 and a 154 ERA, you know, I, I take the little bit less innings and, and have him at least on the, on the staff at some point. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, they should be there um, as well. But I figured if I was going to actually pick a person to start the game, I had to have him on my rotation um, at somewhat. And it's definitely a homer pick here, but I don't care. You guys shoot me for this one. I went with Clayton Kershaw. He has a 2.57 ERA. Yes, a lot of innings missed. He's only at 56 and only 10 starts, but a 2.86 ERA. This is the level of Kershaw we are seeing right now is just, it is worse than what his prime Kershaw was, but not by a lot. He's still a top echelon pitcher. And a thing that I didn't really notice until today is Clayton Kershaw has never started an all-star game. And with the all-star game being in Los Angeles this year and everything that he's meant to that organization, he should be the one to start the all-star game. I know he doesn't have the numbers to back it up and people would get, you know, all worked up about it, but I just think he should be the one to do it. And his, even though he does have the less starts and the less innings, the version of him we're seeing still should be an all-star. And, uh, you know, I think if he's in consideration at all for the staff, he should be the one to start the game, even though the, the numbers don't quite back it up all the way. Got no comment. I mean, I, I <laughs> everyone can let me have it. I, 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 I don't think he'll be on the team. So I, I think he'll be on the team in some sort of manner just he'll be, because he'll be at the game. No and, yeah. But no, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Dave, I, I, Dave Roberts on the staff, he gets to pick one person to come in. He was absolutely making sure Kershaw's there as an all-star. All right. I mean, he's already said it. He has. He said that Kershaw would be on the team as a, as some sort of a thing. And he's already pushed for him to make the start in general. Like, I just – I mean, I know it's Snickers' call, but I just just saying, I, I think, at least to me, as a homer pick, for sure, I know. Everyone's going to – I always complain about people being homer on their shows. This is my homer moment. I'm sorry. I, I try to, to stay, stray away from it some, but this is it. I think Kershaw should start the game, yeah, all-star game. Yeah, if it's if he doesn't, if Snicker doesn't go with who's deserving, he's, he'll go with Max Freed. 
mean. All right, but... well, that's the end of this episode, guys. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, we'll see. Um, so now we wanted to go over and just look at who our perfect home run derby uh, field would be for 2022. We're going to pick four from the AL, four from the NL. Not who they who should be in there, not anything, just who we would have the most fun watching um, in the All-Star game this or the, the sorry the all-star game the home run derby this year so we'll go ahead and start with your american league side yeah and uh i don't know if i'll catch flack for having two of the same two players on the same team here but i you i shouldn't um you know when i look at the all-star game or when i look at the home run derby i'm looking at guys who uh, you know hit a lot of home runs in the season um so i'm not looking at you know like not not just guys who have good exit velocity on one home run or something. I mean, I remember when Cameron Maben hit a home run like 490 feet. I don't think he ever deserved to be in the home run derby. Uh, but I look at um, you know I'm looking at for 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 the American League. I, my first one, you know, Aaron Judge. He leads the majors in homers. He's got the the just extreme home run profile he hits tons of home runs he hits the ball extremely hard he hits the ball extremely far he's not just a good home run hitter when he hits them they're crazy long home runs so um you know i think he's definitely a guy i'd have there um i think that you know you know shohei otani i think that he he ought to be there he's a lot of fun to watch um he is uh you know he's top five he's he's I think fourth, third in the in the league in barrel rate in the American League. Um, and he's just fun to watch hit home runs because he pitches and hits. I don't know if he'll do the derby because of the workload, but he should be there. Um, I think uh, – I, I mean, I, I really want to see Giancarlo Stanton there again. His exit velocities haven't gone down any. He's still the most entertaining guy to watch hit home runs. He's a, you know, he, he always has been the most entertaining derby type guy out there um I, I don't think i would i don't think he should be any different from uh other years where he's been there and then um i think that uh man the last one I, i've gone back and forth a little bit um you know I, you could make an argument for trout you could make an argument for buxton uh there's some other guys that are down the list a little bit I, but i think jordan alvarez should be there uh he is fifth in the majors and barrel rate which is fourth in the american league um I think that he would be a fun – I think he'd be fun to see, see what he can do in the derby. He hits the ball extremely hard. He hits it a long way too. So um, I think that those four guys are my, my picks right now. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, Judge, and Stanton all average over 95 exit velocity on their hits too, on, on, the, on their uh, balls in play, which I think it would be a lot of fun to see what they can do all together in the All-Star game. So those are my four in the American League. Uh, who, who, who you got for the American League uh, home run derby participants? Yeah, so for mine, I'm not going to have all the fancy stats you had to back it up because I went off purely who I would enjoy watching the most in this. Um and I picked Jordan as one of them. Uh, I think the power that that man is able to display and what he would be able to do all over the field in a home run derby style format would be insane. Um, the next one I went with was Byron Buxton. Just the homers this guy can hit and the power he's able to put behind the ball. He's he's so, so much fun to watch. And in a home run derby, I think he would crush it as well. Uh, Rafi Devers is another one that I think would be a ton of fun lefty hitter we see that he has extreme power 
I think he is like the fifth, you know, I think his home runs are the fifth. Jeez, can I speak? On average, he is in fifth on homer distance in the major leagues. Um, and I think it would be really fun to see him there. And the Red Sox haven't had a guy in the home run derby since Big Poppy. So I think getting a guy like Devers in there would be fun. And then Mike Trout, uh, a guy who's never done a home run derby, always turned it down. He's now in, you know, the derbies in Los Angeles slash Anaheim. They're, you know, they try and say Los Angeles, Ana- Angels of Anaheim. It's close enough to his home park. The Angels had it before he was there. I'm not sure when they're going to get their next all-star game. He's talked about potentially doing it in the past. Never felt like the right time. I think this is the right time. You're in LA. It's going to be close to your home. Uh, you know, your home setting is close enough for Angels fans. And you need to do it one time in your career. And I think this is the year to get it done. Um, so that's my four. Jordan, Byron Buxton, Mike Trout, and Rafi Devers. Yeah, that, 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 those guys, I mean, you can't go wrong with any of them. I mean, you know, you look at, um, I think that, you know, uh, Buxton would have been up there for me. Devers is obviously up there. Um, I think it's fun. Uh, you know, you I think it would be fun for Julio Rodriguez, too. I, I didn't pick yeah. him, but he would be fun to see just because he's a, you know, a, um, you know, rookie. Him, I, him and Luis Robert were yeah. two that I was also considering on this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and then, you know, with Trout, too, just the amount of injuries he's dealt with, I, I just don't know if he's – and he's never done it before. At this point, I figured he probably would have done it by now if he was wanting to do it. So we'll see. Maybe he's, maybe he does it. But uh, looking at National League participants, um, the first National League guy that I think you've got to go with is Pete Alonso. He's won it two years in a row. Uh, you know, you'd like to see if he can, you know, win it again. Um, he, he's obviously been – great hitting home runs this year um you know I, i'd like to see him in there uh, i think kyle schwarber i mean what he's been doing so far he's a lot of fun to watch him see, see him hit home runs he hits him a long way um you know he's got the fourth highest barrel rate in the majors um very high exit velocities uh hits and he hits home runs a long way um i i went with uh, austin riley as well he's been hitting the ball really really hard this year he's had a few times that he's kind of gone through a week spell uh for a couple weeks where his some of his numbers have gone down but you know he hits the ball extremely hard he's hit some of the longer home runs in the big leagues this year and then uh you know i kind of felt like you needed to have a hometown participant uh for the but game being at uh at dodger stadium because while i i don't think this guy really should be a home run uh derby participant um i felt like you know he's probably the best home run hitter on his team um, and I went with Mookie Betts. I don't know. I don't really think he'd be the best home run derby participant, but it's always more fun when there's a hometown. It seems like they always have a hometown guy in it, and it's more fun when there's a hometown guy. So, you know, you got, you know, last year or, or a couple years ago, um, you know, I remember when Todd Frazier had that great home run derby. Bryce Harper, I think, won it in D.C. Um, you know, that was, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch those, those moments with the home run. I remember Carlos Santana was in it when it was in Cleveland. Um, I think that, um, I, I think Mookie Betts is probably the guy, but I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you could make an argument for Bellinger cause he's still got a lot of power, even though he's really struggled at the plate. Um, and maybe like a, maybe a Freddie Freeman or something. He's been in it before, but, um, I think Mookie Betts is probably the other one. Yeah. For my NL, um, I went with Jazz Chisholm as my first guy. None of my 
players have ever been in the home run derby. I know Jazz is hurt, but I think just the electricity he brings and like what he would bring to a home run derby from the electricity standpoint would be super fun to watch. Um, and I would like to be able to, to watch the show that he would put on. Uh, CJ Crone is another one, a guy who has been hitting for a lot more power recently. He hit one yesterday in Dodger Stadium that looked like it was a pop-up and it was like 13 rows deep in the, the right field pavilion for the opposite field. Um, I feel like he'd be pretty fun to watch there. And, and you know, in the, in the NL West where we've seen him consistently hit um, a lot of homers, you know, even away from Coors Field would be, uh, would be a lot of fun. Christian Walker is another one I went with. You know, he his average doesn't look great, but he is a tremendous power hitter. He's right up there in most homers this year in the league. Um, and he always seems to, you know, be a big-time power hitter for them, even though the, the stats aren't, you know, the counting stats aren't there. But for home run power and what I think he'd be able to do in a derby, I went with with him. And then you mentioned the home run pick or the homer pick. Could have went with Freddie, could have went with Bellinger. We've seen them both in it before. Could have went with a guy like Will Smith even, I think. Uh, I think L.A. you know, would really like Will Smith in it as well, but I went with Mookie as well. He's always turned it down in the past. He's been very against it before um, saying that he'll never do it. Could you imagine him against a guy like Aaron Judge? But the way Los Angeles has accepted Mookie and how much of a fan favorite he is there and just being in L.A., if there was ever a year he was going to do it, I feel like it would be this year. Um and now with the rib injury, it makes stuff a lot more murky. But uh, as far as my field, I would I would pick Mookie in there as well. Um, you know, you could have gone with Pete Alonso, you could have gone with Schwarber, um, like you did. But I wanted to I wanted to have my whole field be all first timers because I think it's really fun watching a guy get in there for the first time and have to learn how to adapt to it all. And and uh, I picked guys who I think would be a lot of fun and put on a show. Yeah, it's uh, you can't go wrong with that. Um... And uh, obviously, I think I think both of us picked guys that have put on a good show. I mean, it, you know, it's you know, you could just go down the list of who's hit the most home runs, and but you know, um, I think we kind of both looking at looking at guys who'd be fun to watch in there. So definitely good stuff. Um, home run derby, probably the most fun event of All Star Week because uh, the All Star actual game is usually pretty, you know, pretty boring. But um, yeah, there should be – we could use this as a little time to, to go over it before we jump to players of the week. There should be more for the All-Star game as far as like a skills competition or other events outside of just the home run derby, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's definitely a good idea. I don't know what you could do differently. I mean, because – You could some... have like bunting stuff. I mean, we've seen like in Japan. Uh... They have like – they have like who could drop down the best bunt that way, which I mean, sure, but whatever. Um, You could have like – outfield throws like try and give them a target to throw into you could have infielders have to throw into a target um you can have you know contact hitter like set up stuff and have hitters try and like hit the the board or whatever like there's a bunch of things i I feel like you can do there i just feel like they were the only sport that really doesn't have much going on outside of the you know you have home run derby and then you have all-star game where like nba you have you know, three point, you have skills competition, you have all kinds of other dunk contests. And then in NFL, now they've made Pro Bowl week a thing where you have throwing competitions, you have dodgeball, you have all kinds of stuff that I mean, some of it doesn't even have to do with the games. But I feel like there should just be more to the all star festivities 
I know. I mean, I know you have the the futures game, and then you have the celebrity softball game. But you got the draft as, now too. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, as far as like your actual all star talent, I feel like you should have some other stuff there to to help accommodate that as well and make it more fun of a weekend. Yeah, I mean, I get that, um, and I'm sure there's some stuff you could do, but I mean, I, I don't know. I they might look at, and they might look to that in the future too. But um, it'll be interesting to see if something comes out of that. It's definitely, it's definitely a good point. I, you know, I don't know. It's a little bit more difficult to do events like that for. I mean, basketball, you got dribbling, and you know, dribbling's a real easy thing to, you know, the skills comp you talk about, and then, you know, like baseball. I mean, uh, football. I mean, they're not even playing football, and really in football, you just have to compensate because the the Pro Bowl is the worst All Star game ever. I mean, it's just terrible, and. You know, I don't know, but either way, I mean, the actual game's usually not that much fun. I mean, it, baseball's got the best of, of the games, of the actual game. Right. It's the best one out of them because you can actually try a little bit without, you know, thinking you're going to get hurt or, or something. So, uh, but other, uh, like, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting to think about. Maybe, maybe in the future that they'll look something like that. So, yeah, I just feel like there should be a little something extra. Yeah. Like, even if you take the dribbling, you get three point. You have a dunk contest. I just feel like something. You should have something yeah. else outside of that. Um, you know, maybe a throwing competition or, or something as well. But, anyways, my uh, my little rant on that is over. We'll jump to uh, to players of the week to help wrap this show up. Uh, so, who do you have for your uh, hitter this week? So, my hitter this week. Um, well, this week for me is going to be the guys who signed big extension or big contracts in the off season week. Uh, and the hitter I went with this week is going to be Marcus Simeon. Um, he probably wasn't the best player this week in, in the uh, you know in the league, but um, you know I went ahead and, and went with him. He had a 400 average, 407 on base. He didn't walk. I guess he got hit by pitch or something. But an 840 slugging, hit three home runs. Um, you know, 248 WRC plus in the week. Guy that's really struggled to, with his start in. Um, in, in Texas, he's turned it on a little bit lately. He had a horrible first month. He's gotten better, uh, and, and part of it's you know driven by low batting average on balls in play. Um, part of it's you know just he hasn't walked as much this year, and it's just been a few things off with him. But uh, he, he's definitely starting to get it going, um, and he'll be he'll end up with a really good season. And at the end, when you look back at the season, I think he'll end up with three or four wins above replacement. But uh, definitely a guy that. Um, you know, I think he deserved a little bit of a shout because he struggled and he kind of turned it around and had a really good week. So I uh, went ahead and picked Marcus Simeon for my uh, hitter. Uh, so who'd, who'd you go with? Yeah, I, for mine, I want to talk about yours real quick as well. Um, I, for mine, I went with Reese Hoskins um, from the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, he's a guy who usually the stats at the end of the season are pretty consistent with what you get. Um you know, you can usually know each year you're going to get close to 30 homers with them, close to 100 RBIs with them. You'll get probably a 240, 250-ish average. Um, not great defense at all, like very bad defense. But offensively, you know what you're going to get. Um, and this this week, he had a 421 average, a 318 WRC plus, you know, four homers. I just feel like after losing Bryce Harper last week, the Phillies really needed somebody to step up and help carry right now. You've seen Schwarber do that a little bit, um, you know, but you really haven't got the production out of Castellanos yet. You Real Muto struggled, uh, and Reese really needed to be the guy to step up here, and he had a really good week. So, you know, second in the league in war for having, you know, really bad defense. I mean, tied for the lead in war, actually. Um, 
with Nolan Arenado and Justin Turner, and his defense is worse than both of those those guys, and was still able to tie for war. So, just feel like they the Phillies needed somebody to step up, and Reese Hoskins did this week. Um, so I picked him. You know, and and you mentioned Simeon, the week he's had, it's really started to be that bounce back for him. Like, if you had went to Baseball Savant's page like a month ago, his entire page was like deep blue, which for you, for the people that don't know, that's really really bad. Um, and then he had that one day where he hit was, I think three homers or four homers throughout the double header, um, that day. And he's ever, he's kind of, you know, taken off a little bit since then. Um, and he's able to, he's had a little cold stretch here and there, but overall he's looked like a much more consistent hitter. Um, you know, and then this past week, you know, saw him get back to a 400 average and a 407 on base, 248 WRC plus. They're going to need him. The Rangers are really going to need him and Seager to step it up um, more. But I, I, you know, the last month Simeon's had has really been you know, an, a, a good. Uh, what's what I'm trying to say? The uh, it's been a, a good step in the right direction for him, I should say. Oh yeah. So who do you have for your pitcher this week? So for my pitcher, um, like I said, I went with the old, uh, the old, uh, you know, who's the, the the guys who signed big contracts uh, week. Uh, but I went with Robbie Ray. He had two starts this week, uh, 13 innings, only gave up, I believe, one run. Um, and, uh, you know, had a lot of strikeouts, 13.1 per nine, um, 3.3 uh, walks per nine. He had, a few, he had a few walks, but, uh, you know, he had a great week. Um, he struggled this year for the most part, uh, compared to last year at least. I mean, his numbers are okay. He is a 3-62 ERA. That's kind of honestly what I expected from him this year. Um, he wasn't going to put up what he did last year again. You know, that that was that was his best. That's going to be his best career season. And his peripherals didn't back up the 284 ERA he had last year. But he's been solid. He's actually been a bit of a workhorse this year, which he's never been a workhorse before. Uh, 104 innings pitched on the season. It's a, that's a pretty good number for him. But... Um, you know he, he's had a really good, uh, you know, a, a really good week. Um, I know one of the starts gets Oakland, so it almost doesn't count. But, um, but he, that, that's that's good for Robbie Ray. Maybe maybe turning the corner and, you know, maybe probably not getting to what he did last year, but but getting you know end up ending up a little bit closer to that going forward. So uh, than he had been to start the season. So good week for him. He's getting a little bit closer, getting back to uh, you know the closer to the form he had last year. So so good for Robbie Ray. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at Robbie Ray's last year, like the 284 ERA, yeah, yeah, but you look at his expected ERA, it was a 360. He's at yeah. a 362 this year. Like, it is right there. And I honestly think that if you look overall, he might even be having a better season this year. Like, the sure, the strikeouts are down a little bit and the locks are up a little bit, but that's all just eh, whatever. He's allowing less homers this year. The batting average on balls in play is slightly down. He His ground ball rate's up. You know, obviously less homers per fly ball rate because the home run rate's down. I just, I, you know, it is thing that he could be, you know, having just about as good, if not a little bit better of a season than he had last year. Things just broke his way a little bit more to give him the low ERA. Um, you know, and if he were to able to pick up the strikeout rate a little bit and drop the walk rate just a tiny bit, I mean, we're we're not even talking major strides there. Just incremental changes in both. I mean, you're looking at almost an identical stat line across the board for him. So. Um, and he's been the workhorse for the Mariners this year. So uh, Robbie Ray is a, a really good choice there. I went with Patrick Corbin of the Washington Nationals. 
a guy who on the season has a 568 ERA and a 453 FIP. Uh, his last couple starts have been really good. Pittsburgh, eight innings, gave up five hits, one earned run there, which was a homer, two walks, but 12 strikeouts. And then against Miami, he went seven innings, eight hits, one earned run there as well, one walk and four strikeouts, um, giving him a a total of a, where's that? a 120 ERA this week and a 245 FIP. Um, for a guy who has almost a six ERA on the season, um, and a guy who at, you know, I'd say a month into the season, me and you were both talking privately to each other. Like this guy's done. He is cooked for a guy who had a really good, you know, career for a, a long time. It really looked like he was going downhill and he's able to, you know, pull. He's been a lot better over the mat last month. And then to have two good starts this week, uh, you know, maybe it's the, the step in the right direction for Corbin to get back to at least being a, a solid major league pitcher. Cause he hasn't been that recently. Um, so Patrick Corbin's my, uh, my pitcher this week. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, you know, Patrick, I do think, I do still think he's cooked, but, um, but he's, but he has had a good, good few weeks. Um, you know, he's one, you know, we've been talking about him maybe having the worst contract in baseball. Um, but you know, um, maybe he'll turn it around a little bit. I mean, you know, I don't think he's a six ERA bad type pitcher. No. I think he's more of a upper fours type guy uh for me but uh gives up a lot of hard hit hard contact um and, and you know it, he's not missing enough bats with the amount of walks he, he gives out so but uh but you know at least this week obviously it's, it's a great choice for this week because he spent he has been great this week so he was he was on my radar as well um i was thinking about picking him but uh you know um good stuff for patrick corbin so it's good to see somebody who's been struggling um you know, have a good week and, and, and show a little bit of, uh, you know, show a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely. So you got anything else you want to, uh, wrap up on this show before we, uh, before we end it? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, been a pretty good week of baseball. Um, you know, we typically do our breakdown on the first week, but we figured we'd talk a little bit of all-star game. We might do the, we'll probably do the breakdown on all-star week to kind of break down the first half and, and go into to the second half. So, um, you know, next week we'll have uh, a little bit more talk about the selections because those are going to take place on Sunday. And then uh, so on, uh, you know, on Tuesday, we'll be able to talk a little bit about the, um, you know, who might maybe, you know, deserve we'll to get talk in. About the full rosters. And, yeah. Yeah. Who, who got in that, that shouldn't have got in and maybe who, who deserved it and didn't and got snubbed a little bit, um, you know, and then um, there's a. Uh, that's, that's about it. I mean, it's been a been a fun season so far, and uh, looking forward to busy. The next few weeks gonna be busy with All Star festivities, and then uh, that will lead right into the trading trading season. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think you pretty much covered everything there. It's gonna be busy coming forward. Um, you're gonna have jam packed episodes for you. Um, I know we even went a little long on this one, but I feel like it was a good episode for us. Uh, going up to the all-star selection this weekend, feel like we wanted to get there and, and we're going to start seeing home run derby names trickle in over the next, uh, next week or so, because most people usually wait to see if they make the team before announcing that they'll be in it or not. But, you know, we'll talk about the, uh, the actual selections. Then we'll talk second half of the, or you know, first half, then getting into the second half, then trade deadline. And then the actual trade deadline with is less than a month away already. So 
it's gonna be it's gonna be fun uh, next little month for us but glad you guys are sticking with us so thanks guys for listening to this episode of the batfoot podcast and we'll catch you guys next week <laughs>